What's going on, guys? It is the Vikings leadership. Back again today with a very personal message. Here, as always, with my man, Jake. What is up? So, normally we do these about things that we inhibit in our business that we think fundamentally make us successful. But today, I'm going to get a little bit more personal. Like I said, we're going to talk about my actual first business that I started which was actually the same name, tried to be the same concept, and I straight up failed. So it didn't work. We had to shut the stores down. Uh, It was a tough situation. It was a very tough point in my life that I went through, but I stuck through it. So now I've started again and implemented the practices that I learned from that. So over the next 20 minutes, I'm going to tell you about the biggest failure of my life, what brought me out to Arizona, and all the nitty-gritty in between. So, Jake, I do kind of want to start with this. We'll start on a a little bit lighter of a note. What is something in your life that you feel like you failed at and you learned a lot from? Like, it was almost a good thing that you failed at. Something in life, work, school, college, anything. Um, For me personally, I think it would be after high school, I went with the flow and... Just thought, hey, after high school, you go into college and that's what you do. You go to college and get a job. And for me, it was like I wanted to go to business school and go dress up in a suit and tie and go file paperwork. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, the story we hear all the time. Yeah. And so I seriously, I pushed my my way through my first year of college. I did not like it at all. I hated it. Um, not necessarily hated it. I mean, I obviously learned something from it and mm-hmm. I went with it with a, went at it with a positive mindset, but it just wasn't what I was interested in at the time, you mm-hmm. know? Um, now given I was young and I'm still young, but I was more so, I wanted to just get in there and start making money right away. So, um, I guess that would be my failure is I kind of wasted a year of, of my life, um, and a lot of money uh, going to college just because I think that's what I really was interested in. Or I think you got to get into something that you're actually interested in and something that you're excited to do every single day. Yeah. Um, and something that gets you out of bed and you're pumped up, you're ready to go. Uh, not something that you're forcing yourself to have to get to or forcing yourself to have to, uh, work your way till uh the end or or reach a certain goal yep um you know i think whatever you do in life as far as your job and i know you always talk about this you spend most of your life or a large part of your life at work yep. so it should be something that you enjoy mm. and you know until i started working with you I, I didn't realize that and i thought you know you just had to be miserable at work that's what i thought you know yeah. so so here i'm gonna just go ahead and start with kind of my little background and where I'm from, how I got into all of it. And I am from North County, St. Louis. So if you guys remember, anybody who's listening, is probably familiar with that thing that happened a couple of years ago. It was in Ferguson, right? This was the shooting of that kid. The police officer was involved in it. And it was a bad, bad situation. But that's actually where I'm from. It's kind of a tough place to grow up at. Um and that was actually so but then the greater st louis so all around st louis um i went one by one i opened up one peak nutrition 
then another, then another, another. And I eventually had built six peak nutritions, individual retail supplement stores, mm-hmm. um, all along St. Louis. And the difference though, I really want to highlight about the things I did wrong. And the first step that I did wrong was we obviously like we sold supplements in there. So protein and pre-workout and all that kind of stuff. But our mainstay was we picked one product and we sold a thing called pro hormones. For those who don't know what those things are, these are essentially steroid-like compounds that ended up getting banned in 2015. And I started the first Peak Nutrition in 2012, beginning of 2012. Um, So I was a younger guy. I didn't know really what I was doing. Um, But it was exciting. And these were like, these pro-hormone things were like something that I took. And I, you know, I, I built those stores. We really, like, we did work hard. But the problem was, as a business, I picked, I mean, almost did every single thing the wrong way. I picked a product to base the business around, right? So the premise of it was this product and trying to sell it based off of just the features, the features of it. Like, oh, you take this, you're going to get jacked, bro. That's it. And it did work. Like this wasn't, it wasn't that we weren't making money. Like I told you, we opened up six stores. So we made money. We were selling something. But in the long haul, what I was doing was I was just selling basically a drug on the street, right? Mm -hmm. Except for it was in a store, but there was no longevity to it. It didn't matter that you worked at Peak Nutrition. Like we didn't invest in the people. We didn't train them a lot. We didn't build a community. We didn't, People weren't excited about going to work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, we built it around a product that, like right now, so I could bring up something else. Like it would be like starting a CBD business, right? It's not a bad business to get in, and it's not anything wrong with it, but you're just doing something flashy. You're doing what's in the moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that always is going to give you quick returns, but without the longevity. And Which is. Which is fine if you can build an actual structure around it. If you I mean, can. there's nothing wrong with getting into something flashy like CBD or anything. If you can build an actual structure exactly. and not base your business just around the product. Exactly. That's where you fail. So like very successful businesses, right? Like Apple or Chick-fil-A that we talk a lot about. Yeah. Uh, these businesses, the premise of their business, like you think, you know, okay, uh, Apple sells computers. Well, No, they don't. They actually sell the feeling of high quality and superiority and innovation and uniqueness. That's what they sell. And then that feeling just goes into whatever the product is that they create, whether it's a computer, an iPod, a phone, a TV. The product actually doesn't matter as much as the feeling that you get from it and the quality and the design, the way that the entire company elicits an emotion from you Mm -hmm. so you know that was the biggest part was starting off product secondly it doesn't matter who you are and what you're selling you can create a business that is all about making money but it will only last for a short period of time that for sure is true 100 so the businesses that are long lasting that stay with us and that constantly see a positive roi they are businesses in the people business. 
Yes. They care about people, whether it's the people that work for them, their customers. It doesn't matter if you have a store, if you're selling online. It doesn't matter. Your people have to matter most. Mm -hmm. Then those people can help talk about your product. But don't forget, it's people that sell product. It's people that make product. It's people that buy product. We're not in a day and age yet where robots do all of the purchasing. Our emotions do our purchasing. And we didn't give that. And it wasn't, it was just that I simply didn't know. Like I had, I went to business school. I got a degree from Missouri State University. And we do all the cheesy stuff, how to make marketing plans and how to, you know, hire for managers. But we didn't learn anything about how to treat your employees right. How to get them excited about being at work. How to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Right. Uh, And that was just what we missed out on. So in that time that it took me to get those six stores, I then came up against this dilemma. Oh, the product that we sold got banned. The federal government came out, Uh (laughs) uh come out, signed a bill and said, hey, no more. Now, had I built my business around protein, vitamins, minerals, things that people are always going to take consistently, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, we maybe sell pro hormones on the side. Oh, we lose a little bit here. But my entire business was based off of that. So after 2015, I mean, essentially, I was making a lot of good money. I was a young buck, stupid guy, buying bottle service. Feeling good. Bought a BMW. New car. Like, I was crushing it. Yeah. Uh, then the band came, and everything just fell apart. Yeah, so... To touch up on that first subject you were talking about as far as you can't build your business on the product alone. Um, I actually read a book by Steve Robinson, and he, who's the former chief marketing officer for Chick-fil-A. Mm. Uh, and again, just to foreshadow, I could care less about their religious or <laughs> political standpoint. They yeah. built a great, great business. Amazing business. Truett Cathy built a phenomenal business based on how can I make sure that the employees that work there are taken care of? Yeah. And anytime you do that, they're going to, your employees are going to make sure that the customers are taken care of, take care of your employees and they will take care of the customers. Yeah. Treat your employees, right? They'll treat the customers. And then right. It goes back to what we were just saying. Like it doesn't matter if you're selling chicken sandwiches. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're selling computers. If you treat the people right and they have a purpose behind what they're doing, then the thing you sell is going to sell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he highlights a section in there and he talks about, hey, word of mouth advertisement is the best form of marketing mm-hmm. for any business, but it's also the hardest form of marketing to achieve. And the only yeah. way you can truly achieve that and keep it running is by not by understanding the product alone is not going to be good enough to get people to talk about your business. You have to sell an experience. Yep. So along with having a great product, I mean, you can seriously, like we were talking about, you can have the flashy product. That's totally fine, but you have to find a way to build your business around the experience that delivers that product. Think yep. of, um, you know, like Chick-fil-A. It's like they have phenomenal customer service when you go in there. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're selling a, piece of fried chicken between two buns with a pickle on it right (laughs) but they are one of the most successful fast food franchises that we've seen yeah yeah and it's because of the experience that you get when you go into chick-fil-a tens of billions of dollars fried pickle fried Fried, chicken yeah a little bit of fried chicken sandwich and they're one of the most successful fast food franchises today so 
let me hit on the second point now. The second point is the business did fail. And let me mention that this was tough, right? I had a team of people. I had six stores. I had a ton of employees. I had to tell them that everything was closing, that I had personally lost everything, right? Like all the flashy shit I was doing, all the cool clubs I went to, Mm. it was all gone. All of the money had been sucked out. Now, obviously, like the band came in 2015, but I was still open at the beginning of 2016 because, I mean, I had money, but it was just draining. Every month, we were losing money. And so I lucked out enough that there's a local supplement company called Supplement Superstores, and they actually bought up my inventory. So I still did have inventory of protein, vitamins, blah, 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 whatever, all these other products. And they were really good guys. Like, actually, you can still look them up today. Guys, you guys are all probably familiar with Andy Versilla and Supplement Superstores First Form. Those are both his companies. Um, I had some inventory left. I don't know how much it was. It was $10,000, $20,000, something like that, maybe 30000 And I got to sell it to them. So that way I was at least able to like pay my employees last payroll. I had to shut the stores down. I had to go through all that litigation and everything. Um, and then I spent two years just kind of aimlessly wandering, like trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do with my life. Mm. I had made a business. People thought I was successful. I failed and lost everything. And it was very public too. Like, if you guys know, like, my social media, I was, it was Facebook then, it wasn't Instagram, but I was all over Facebook about my business, I talked about it all the time, and then I had to get on Facebook and say, hey guys, I lost my business. And so, like, it was very, it was painful. But, so for anybody going through that painful thing, like, you failed, you lost something, your first business, like, didn't work, let me tell you, there really wasn't anything, I remember, like, making that post, and it had, like, hundreds and hundreds of shares it had thousands of comments it had i mean everything from people calling me a piece of shit to saying i was a great guy but the business went out it was all over the gamut Mm. so but from that and i mean now looking back there's no way if even if that business like pro hormones wouldn't have been banned something else would have taken me out eventually Right? Because I didn't understand the basic principles of business. Structure. Structure. How to create a system. Mm -hmm. None of those things I knew. And I wasn't in the right mindset to even read a book about business or try to figure something out. But failing and losing everything made me spend that time realizing, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not King Dick. I'm not this fucking business owner. I was playing business. Mm -hmm. So then... I started reading intensely. I mean, to the point now where I read a book a week. It absorbs my life. Spending time with my, you know, my team and employees and having constructive debate and talk, having productive meetings, giving them a vision for what you want to create in the future. That is what really, really matters. And so if you go, if you're going through that place where you have failed or it feels like your business isn't growing, Maybe you need to just step back and you need to reevaluate and say, I'm not as cool as I think I am. And I need this reality check. Because now I've started Peak Nutrition out here in Arizona. One store does the same in sales per month that five of my stores in St. Louis did. It's a completely different beast. Like it's just a different organization altogether. Same name, different feel. Yep. And, you know, when I first started working with you, uh, 
again, this is back when it was just literally you and I in the shop. And every day it was people coming to the shop asking where James was. Hey, where's James? Where's James? Where's James? Yeah. And you actually made me read a book called The E-Myth Revisited. And one of the main subjects that it talks about in there is if you... For any small business, your goal should be to really franchise the company, right? Yep. But you will never be able to do that if the business is based around the owner. Yep. Which, at the time, the business was. Mm -hmm. The business has to be based around systems that can be repeated over and over and over again. And you first have to find that system. What is that system that is going to create an experience for the customers and not just sell a product? Right. The customers need something more than just the product. The product alone is, again, not going to get people talking about your business, doing that word of mouth advertisement for you, and getting people into your freaking door consistently over a longer period of time than just a couple of months, right? You have to build a system. Once you find that system, then you duplicate it over and over and over again. And um, and in that book, a big thing that I took away from it was, after reading it, is there are three roles that kind of happen, right? And so there is the entrepreneur, the person who starts the business, comes up with the plan that motivates and gives the energy that people recognize. That's a position. Mm. A manager is the next position. This is the person who organizes the people. They manage the systems and people. Then finally, you have the technician. So the technician would be that frontline employee, right? The person who's selling to the customer, creating the widget, uh, you know, uh, shaving down a skateboard, making the bar of soap. Doesn't matter what the thing is. They're the individual crafting or making or selling the product. Mm-hmm. That are the, that's the three different fundamental roles. And if as an owner in your business, you're doing more than one, you cannot grow. It's yep. impossible. You can't be a technician and a manager. You got to be one of the two. And you can't be the entrepreneur and be a manager. You have to create a system so that that way you can hire technicians that can become managers. The managers manage the technicians and the entrepreneur pushes the vision and clarity of the business forward. And... The entrepreneur needs to understand that just because the technician is not at the same level he is, that technician is still extremely important and needs to be cared about and needs to know that they are cared about. Yep. Because if they don't, that's what pushes people away from your business and makes them not want to stay with your company Absolutely. for a long time. Right. And so and that's and that's a failure on your part because it takes time and money. Every time you have to hire somebody new for each position, mm-hmm. so the longer you can get that person to stay, the better. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Employee turnover. Losing an employee is the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. So that position, right, of what we were just talking about, the technician versus the manager, the entrepreneur, they really are. This is a hard one for everyone to see is no one is actually more important than the next. They're all a vital role that has to be fulfilled. It's like a three-legged chair. One goes down, the whole thing doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And that is where I believe most of the problems like in business happen is someone thinks that they're more important than the other. The manager of the restaurant thinks that he's more important than the cook. Selfishness. Absolutely. And let me tell you, you're not. Because if Mm -hmm. the cook doesn't show up to work, I don't know what you are managing. It doesn't matter. 
And so there is that level of like needing to understand everybody's importance and everyone's role. So lastly, I want to talk about the one book that really did get me. I don't want to use the word motivated, but I think the correct word is like, it got my mindset corrected. Mm -hmm. It fixed the way I needed to think. And that is Zero to One by Peter Thiel. You've probably heard that name. He's a huge tech industry giant guy. But a lot of the premise is like taking a step in business from zero to one. And this is hard to do when you think about it and how does it make sense. But the point is, is that you can't create anything great that isn't actually going to be great. Like, are you creating something that's just another replica? So a replica, like he talks about going from zero to one, right? A replica of like just doing something that somebody else is doing, you can make a business and you can make money, but that's not being an entrepreneur, what that is, gotcha. is just stealing another, stealing somebody's idea and finding a way to make money. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that that's bad. That doesn't make it a bad thing, right? But an entrepreneur creates something new and different and unique and makes structure around it. How and, can you make that better? And adds value. Yeah, yeah. Now there's a new value proposition from zero to one. Because you think about it, if you go into a crowded space where everybody's doing the same thing and you're just another piece, you're not going from zero to one. You're going to zero to point one. Because now you've brought down everybody else a little bit and you're marginally in that group. But if you can do something unique and different and create value that wasn't there before, you've gone to zero to one. Yeah, I think you hit it right there. How can I add more value to the business instead of take away exactly. and make my business cheaper for me on the back end? How can I add more value and increase customer return from that? Exactly. So to take away from all this, guys, I really want everybody to know. I'm, it's one of those corny things to say, and I know everybody says it, but it is not just okay to fail. It's necessary to fail. And at the time... Like, I'll be real, when it happened to me, I thought it was the end of the world. Like, I actually thought my world ended. I thought that I would never be able to do anything again. I was ridiculed and shamed. And, like, I was going to have to go get a job somewhere where I didn't want to work flipping hamburgers. Mm -hmm. Like, I just thought that's what my life was going to be now. But you're not stuck to anything. In fact, most people that know me now don't even know that I had another peak nutrition back home. And those that do know that I had that peak nutrition back in St. Louis and that I've started another one out here, they're like, oh my God, that's fucking amazing. I can't believe that you did it. It's like a point of light and inspiration for them to know that like you can mess up that bad and still start over. As humans, we have no problem giving you a second chance as long as you're admitting your faults, you don't blame other people. You say, yes, I fucked this up. I did this wrong. This is my fault and I'm going to make it better. Yeah. Admitting you're wrong. And also I think where a lot of people go wrong is they seem too stuck to not changing their mind, which it's okay to change your mind. Mm -hmm. People are afraid that they're going to get ridiculed for changing their mind. But understand if you changed your mind, that means you learned something new. Yeah. It's like, I thought this way before, but I learned and now I know this is, the other way, I changed my mind. It's okay to change your mind on on things too. And I, you know, it's funny. I, it's not that I, I don't like bringing up politics and everything, but I remember this is like a thing in politics calling somebody like a flip flopper, right? Mm-hmm. On like their positions. And it always struck me as strange. It's like, wait, you don't like someone because they learned something and then changed their position about yeah. it? Like, that sounds like an adult 
normal human thing to do. Yeah, honestly, if you had the same opinion about everything... From ages 15 to 15... That means you never learned anything. No, that's a bad your thing. Your minds... You should be changing your opinion on stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so from at the end of this, guys, we've got a couple books so we want to make sure that everyone here uh, can use his resources and get into. we like to do this at the end. The E-Myth from Michael Gerber. Let me tell you, if you want to start a business... This is not like a, hey, you should read it. This is an absolute fundamental, you have to have read this book. And I'll say start there. Yeah, and start with this book. And then it gives you great reading recommendations for other things to learn. But like specifically, if you're trying to be an entrepreneur and start a business, the E-Myth, which stands for the Entrepreneur Myth, is number one. Uh, The second book that I mentioned was Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Once again, a little bit more like high level. This is more about like, what is your purpose? What are you trying to put out into the world? But it's a great one. And then the one that Jake was talking about, Covert Cows, uh, that's by Steve, Steve Robinson. That is the CMO, the chief marketing officer of um, Chick-fil-A. Uh, Chick-fil-A. And once again, guys, if I get like some hate thing about how we like Chick-fil-A, I will literally block you. I like their business. (laughs) And you cannot argue with me. They have an incredible business strategy. Incredible. That's something you can't argue. And even if their strategy is that, you know, based on Christian, Christian foundation and their morals and are closed on Sunday, that's fine. If you don't like it, you don't have to go there. And I seriously do challenge anybody who is in business or anything or wants to add value to their business Read this book, no matter what you think about Chick-fil-A or the executive team at Chick-fil-A. Seriously, read it because it talks a lot and you'll learn a lot about how to add value to your business and why it's so important to treat your customer... Treat your employees right. Employees right, exactly. So there's your three books. Once again, guys, we'll never do any ads, but we hope you get some value out of this about being okay with failure. If you did get some value out of it, share this with a friend, with a family member, or specifically someone at work. All you have to do is go right on there, rate and review the thing. Then there's a share episode. Text the episode over to any one of your friends. I promise after they listen to it, you'll also have something to talk about with them. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is the Vikings Leadership. We will see you next time.